This is Shaka Wart Speak. 30 below. Boom. Or sometimes I call it below 30. <laughs> Who knows? Because I can't keep my mind straight. <laughs> <laughs> on, on it. But it's 30 below. And so that's what we're trying to do. That's the, the objective uh, with these episodes. And welcome if you're listening is uh, Gareth and I uh, have a ridiculous time not talking for 10 hours. And so <laughs> we realize that concision is important and single topics told. are helpful. Yeah. And sometimes when you're driving in your car, you don't want to listen to a four part uh, one episode from us. And so we're trying to give <laughs> you two parts in a half an hour. So uh, with that, our topic for today uh, relates to a previous topic. We, we've been getting a lot of questions. We've got this one is because we've got a lot of questions on this and a lot of discussion, uh, even in academia, it, it's, it's come up a lot is, is how do we understand the, the or estimate the influence of um, uh, social media? Oh man, and you really want to do this in 30 minutes, huh? Yeah, we're going to try to do it in 30 minutes because oh, we talked about inspiration. So there's a, there, you know, there's and, some overlap. Yeah, there's some overlap. So if, listen to these together, but. Um, and I'm sure we're always secretly talking about this. So, oh yeah. yeah. So, so, um, where do we go with that? I mean, it's a, ma- I, I mean, mean, there's a reason why you're like, do you, why do you say that, you know, let's talk, can we really talk about it 30 minutes? So, I mean, the place that my mind first goes is there is like a deep vein within current academic discourse, um, that either, that, uh, let's just go ahead and say that kind of vilifies the idea of influence. So okay. if you, yep. uh, to, to put a, a more, uh, more of a Tell us on. how, Mr. Blackwell. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well, kids. <laughs> so um, I've, I've interacted with uh, faculty members and professors in the past who literally will uh, take points off of papers that students write if they use the word influence. Wow. Because they believe that influence is an incendiary thing. It's an inauthenticator of it your is, original voice. It is. If I want to go like very, uh, it's, a, it's a teleological construct. Whoa. So they view influence as what something. What does teleological mean, Gareth Blackwell? It, it means that you only <laughs> see it at the end or you're trying to get to a certain end with it. Oh, and so, a means to an end. And the ends don't an end. justify it. That's what I've heard. Okay. And so uh, what they say is that you only know influence on the back end of things. So Ooh. it becomes an improper way to really sure. frame a discussion, which yeah. I um, I think the only way you can say that if you're is, is Gareth if you has a vein popping out of his head right now. <laughs> it's, well, I'm trying to say this in a very kind way, but I think the only way you can say it's a teleological construct is if you've never actually made something. Correct. That if you've not been a part of the creative process, it's very easy to say from a kind of an ivory tower. Yeah. It's very easy to say in just an academic paper, but it's very hard to say if you've actually been in the trenches of making something Yeah, where you've been almost in a pleading way, yeah. looking for other things right. to influence you and grabbing uh, at them. Could I, I'm going to sound like such a redundant fool because I am. <laughs> um, Consistent, so, you mean. So don't judge me for my limitations. <laughs> um, but uh, it's worth shooting this down in every discussion whenever you can to help, or shooting holes in it to help you see, or poking holes in it, however you want to th- think about it. Whenever you hear this, so totally rolling with you. But I'm and I'm listening and I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we we really hold most truisms as um, immaterial ideas that we conveniently state uh, um, or dismiss whenever we feel like it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we can do that is because we don't really expect that they actually have um, any real concrete reality to them. So here's what I mean by that. 
it's strange to say um, and operate in the in the in the world of uh, influence is bad, and there's because you're saying that speaking a language that was taught to you. You've yeah. already like you're fundamentally denying how it is that you got to the point that you could even even say that under the influence of existential philosophy. The, yeah. the the contradiction in terms is staggering. So this idea that you're going to be a self-authenticating actor that ha- starts from uh, some zero, and if you're under influence, well, then it's not self-authenticating, and therefore you failed. Well, as soon as you determine to tell someone that, you're influencing them. Yeah, it's, it's like a wishful, perpetual tabula rasa. Right, right. While you're sitting on some really dope Swedish couch... <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, with super cool glasses on, not you, Gareth. I mean, I'm just saying like someone, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you've cultivated your life. You're, you're, you're mm-hmm. using, I always tell people like, if you want to avoid influence, well, stop living. Yeah. Um, be, and don't do that by the way, please yeah. keep living. But you, it's in, it's, um, it's impossible. And so what that really means is convenience and lazy thinking rule the day and it's harmful and it puts impossible weight on people. Hmm. Yeah. Because so, it's yeah. what is it, perpetual originality? I mean, that's yeah. what the requirement yeah, yeah, is yeah. then, right? Yeah, yeah. If there's no if there's no influence or if there's no way we can actually talk about this in a productive way. That's right. Then uh, congratulations, everyone out there. Yeah. You get to be a hundred percent authentic and original twenty four seven for your yes. entire life. Yeah. Which sounds completely simple to do, right, Ryan? Right. Hundred percent. So yeah. then you get into this this topic and so we start talking about how is the how is social media shaping us, how is like say Instagram shaping artistic practice specifically is always to talk about how we're being shaped in general. But so then it becomes more of a question of how do we shape social media as it shapes us? So Mm. there's a a mutual dependency. Um, So you can't have one without the other. So what are we, how are we shaping ourselves through the means of a kind of uh, um, collectivity and, um, that is necessitating an order. So the algorithms are an order uh, that you know, bears out over an, an accumulation of parts that uh, at some point needs to be brought into certain levels of order. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, um, a proliferation of difference is diminished to patterns of um, normalcy for a given set of people. And so um, we find ourselves falling right back into um a kind of uh, pattern predictability that we act as though is actually a uh, highly expressive, unique individuality. Do you see, does that make sense? Um, like we're, we're deluding ourselves into thinking that we're becoming more distinct, mm. but what's really happening is um, in order to f- feel enlarged before content, the content has to be constrained to the fact that you're not as big as you think that you are. Mm. So in order for you to stay feeling like you're in charge, algorithms exist to kind of, I mean, you can speak to it better than I can, but they definitely do things that track with our pattern of behavior and political beliefs and so on. And so we actually avoid real difference um, in order to feel like we're on top of things. And then it starts to flatten. And so then social media catches a bad rap, right? But you're not dealing with the totality of social media. You're dealing with a very small fraction that reflects your, typical patterns of behavior yeah you just have your 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 viewpoint is only established by your algorithmic 
window. That's right. Right. And so that window cuts off different areas. Yeah. So when you even start to talk about influence, yeah, there's, well, what about the other side of the house that doesn't right. have a window on it? You right. can't even see, right. you know, so all it, these sort of things. So here's the thing. How is it influencing us? Long term, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. big, big, big picture, I don't know. Short term, it's polarizing us. It, yeah, because everything is, it is, it is fractured us along the lines of our already inherent brokenness. Like where we're already kind of culturally broken, mm-hmm. it's it's unintentionally in some ways and intentionally fracturing that down further. And so what you're seeing is greater anxiety over the ways in which we're fractured. And so um, you see that um, in in artistic practices. And here, here's the thing, it's really interesting. Like it's uh, I'm gonna do a thought experiment at a level that is, is doesn't isn't going to work, but I, I want to say this anyways. Um, I, I always point to like Platonic thinking as like idealize immaterial uh, bucket in the sky where you just pull ideas out with these because they have no consequence. That's mm-hmm. the I, that's the thinking is they don't have any physical consequence. Mm-hmm. So you can masquerade as though they have physical consequence, and they have a physical consequence, but just not the one that you think. And so you're able just to kind of pull ideas out of the sky, theorize. And say, I believe this, this, and this, but your life never bears that out. There's a great, great inconsistency. And because one lives in the physical and the other lives in the immaterial, they never show contradiction physically to anyone else. Like you're never walking around being exposed for that. So you're able to just talk at a coffee shop, I think these things, and with someone, and then they never see how that's not bearing out in your life. They don't catch the difference. So all these truisms emerge. The... Instagram is almost a slightly more embodied version of the immaterial world. So, mm. so it's visual. It's a visual manifestation of those isms. So the way people curate this stuff um, gives you a. It's a. It's a more dangerous step into vivifying what's normally imagined, um, and that is a very influential component. Does that? Does that so there's still no um, bedrock reality to it. Mm-hmm but it's influential. It's, it's alluring into um, a kind of curated escapist sense of what's possible. Underneath that, of course, opportunities are really uh, occurring. Like we've been able to show a lot of artists through, through meeting and Instagram. And so I'm not discounting those things. I'm just saying that there is a, a a kind of besetting fog that um, has no real uh, concrete reality to it. Doesn't, doesn't place direct demands on us, but is shaping and influencing us. And it's, uh, uh, enabling us to be further accustomed with, um, a certain kind of ease that's not anchored to anything. It's not accountable. It's not anchored to reality. So you can live in extreme contradiction and never feel the contradiction. Yeah. You know? Um, and so to live in an extreme state of contradiction with everything allows you to more easily believe anything's possible mm-hmm. because by anything you're, you're really talking about, uh, nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like you're really, you're really not dealing with the nature of things themselves. Um, that's why we don't live on Mars yet because you still have to deal with things, you know? And so I think we're, we're coming off of that. Fictional. Maybe, maybe even going like, like one tick down from, yeah. um, that is. So then when we do have, um, if you have people that are like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to buy into that influence isn't real thing. Yeah. But you have people that are like, yeah, influence is a real thing. Um, 
I use it in my art. Like how, how does, how does that even come across? Like when you're talking about like influence in art and design, like what is the, the positivistic conversation kind of look like on the other side? Right. Well, no, I think, I think the positive would be to say that there's a humility that is excited to uh, interact with dialogue with, uh, uh, add to further, uh, walk in the steps of uh, the people that have come before you or the people that are existing adjacent to you. And, um, but I think the key there is to give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do when you're fighting for your own place. I've felt those pressures. Um, it's hard to let uh, influence have its say. Um, it's terribly, um, it, it's difficult to institutionalize influence because then the rubric for, for it's out the door. And I think that's the problem with academia sometimes is I think there probably has been a put, I don't know, you know, I can imagine academics that um, have a hard time with that because it doesn't hold people to an account Mm. um, because the slippery slope is the justification is in the grounds of who I was influenced by and they were successful. So why, so how can, how can it be that I'm wrong? And so I can imagine there being some bootstrapping uh, there in order to constrain someone to be a little more accountable and I just say that that's a deficient approach to accountability. Uh, you're not doing your job to inspire them uh, or to more directly influence them uh, um, uh, in a manner that holds them to account. So you're, you're, which can kind of like funnel positive influence. Um, you know, I think a, a healthy thing to do sometimes is to push people deep into their their influence because uh, they most times haven't had enough uh, time with what in what what made that person influencing to them, you know. So go study a master's. I painted several paintings after Velasquez, which is embarrassing uh, because I'm not Velasquez, but I learned a whole bunch and it, mm-hmm. it kind of uh, changed my relationship to Velasquez. And I was and I was given space to do that without feeling like I was. Uh, educationally without like feeling like that was any violation to like the integrity of myself as an artist. So I was making abstract paintings and I was doing these monochrome Velasquez paintings that then I would paint over. Well, and on the academic side, you know, the, uh, one of the best things I picked up through graduate work was when you find, um, a work that somebody's written that you really enjoy, Mm -hmm. you should go read the things in their footnotes. Yeah. You know, because it's, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's just like, you know, if, if, uh, if a painter is studying with another painter, you should check out that painter's stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And if, um, if you have a designer who went to school and learned under a designer, well, what did they pick up from that person? Yep. You know, cause it wasn't totality. Yeah. They didn't pull everything from that individual. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what it does, I think, um, in all the possibility, when we talk about influence and even like this more specific kind of like kind of charting influence mm-hmm. through time, it, it gives you a little bit better chance of like how do I actually navigate an entire yeah. terrain yeah yeah because there's no way I can look at every artist every right. designer every person read every book yeah but I can start following some breadcrumbs that are at least enticing me into places yeah well so so another way of thinking about influence in that sense like the breadcrumb there's effect and affect so there's mm-hmm. the way in which effects are influential so the way in which constructs are you know uh, manifested um, in the dynamic display of the effects uh, is affecting you. So the, the better question with the internet is like, how, how are we being affected? Mm-hmm. And in that sense, influenced, 
Um, so gotcha. at, the, at the level of like result, what's, what is the, what is social media resulting in? Well, I think you see it. I think there's a, uh, instantiation of, um, uh, a desire to bring connectivity into the physical world. Mm-hmm. I think you see this in our politics. I think you look at like, you know, I'm not going to get into this, but like you look at, uh, generations that are excited about were like someone like Bernie Sanders or whatever. And so you, you see people that long for solidarity and connectivity uh, in a real realized way. Um, so we are being influenced in that way, which I'd say there's a lot of positive positives in that. I think some of the unintended negatives would be there's a flattening of information, which is resulting in a, a, a uniformity in people even when they think they're being different from each other. Hmm. So the differences are constrained to the category of uniformity. Um, and it's a mistaking uniformity for unity. So we're being f- influenced into connectivity through uniformity, which is, uh, uh, um, pushes a lot of people out in the name of including them. And so I think because that's what happens with the algorithms, that's what you see in Instagram is uh, you, you, you start to acquire a, a shallower idea of the possibility of, of uh, commanding everything. But in order to command everything, you have to exclude a ton. You see, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. I see that phenomena that you see on Instagram actually playing itself out in, in young folks. Hmm. Uh, older folks too, but uh, generationally, I think. So, so that kind of influence um, is leading to then folks that can't talk to each other. Unless you signify to me that you're already in in my curatorial lane. Now, is there, I mean, is there any way we can kind of learn from history in some ways with what Instagram's doing? I mean, even if we look into like um, appropriation art yeah. from a few decades back, is yeah. there anything that kind of played out from it that mm-hmm. said, you know, kind of borrowing too heavily or looking too yeah. closely at a certain area? I think appropriation, uh, it has probably has something. To do, I mean, I'm a gosh, we all the time. Appropriation <laughs> probably has something to do with like. Uh, the economy of time. Okay. So a, appropriation is like an early result of the industrial revolution and time becoming um, monetized and uh, 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 shifted over to the economy of time over and against the kind of uh, uh, the idea of the quality of your, 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 your state of being is having a value that you can't put into an economic sort of structure. Mm-hmm. So, so the machine eats up the reality. And so, uh, along the way, the transformation is, uh, appropriation expedites the process of, of getting to a point. And it's a necessary part of, um, dealing with, uh, the, the brokenness and the fracturing of things. And, and then, and then there is a commodification involved and there's a, you know, a bestowing of value involved pastiche. Like you just think about it in different, um, you know, the neo-expressionist era in the eighties, um, it becomes sexy, becomes desirable and time is expedient. So, um, time is pushing tools are pushing and, and then it's uh, moving towards synthesis at the expense of depth and grounding. And these things are all, I mean, there's, it's not all that, but, but you know, um, we got. We didn't get here by accident. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it, it seems like there's some similar kind of conversations going on there. Um, kind of interesting to see if there's a way to look at um, what you're talking about, effect and affect, right? So this stuff was going on 
what was the affect of that moving mm-hmm. forward yep. um, as we understand it. And then like, is there something possibly similar in what's going on in the affect we could uh, assume? Yeah. I like, mean, the closest I got is the industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks there's similarities. Part of me says that there's something entirely unique happening with the advent of, I mean, the last 10 years, you know, 20, 20, 20 years post nine 11, but and in the last 10 years, like the iPhone, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I don't, I don't know if we can get our mind around it because the nature of what it is immerses us in a particular kind of way. Um, and so, uh, it is shaping us though. It is influencing us. It is affecting us. Yeah. It's almost like in some ways, uh, where the problem before with influence may have been finding the influence yeah. that, you know, is not most appropriate for you right. or, or whatever else. Now it might be the kind of, um, closing down certain things yep. in order to, instead of, instead of searching for one, yep. it is now kind of, uh, throwing yeah. things off the table to leave one. Yep. Um, yeah. where, because influence might be just too, too easy to get. Yeah. Curated, curated stasis and harmony. The, the, the perception of that at the expense of our hands necessarily excludes the, the totality cuts off a lot. And so you have to keep curating away from problems and, uh, anything that seems disruptive is then seen as a problem, but it may be, um, the totality, uh, showing itself to the, the, the flimsiness of our curated attempt. So it may not even be a, it's, it's like, unless you're willing to see that you're the problem or that we are the problem, you'll have to demonize and other things that may not be the problem. You know, yeah. but maybe just the truth showing itself through our very shallow attempt to control it. Yeah, and I think you know, with influence, like there's um, possibly a statement folks might like, might not like, but we're all influenced by something. Yeah, uh, we're all being influenced. We're all influencing, right? It's a, all the time. It's a, it's a non. You don't get to choose to be a part of this activity. Yeah. It, it is or isn't. You get to choose possibly. Even how in your you're absence, you're influencing. Right. So the dad who's not at the dinner table. Mm-hmm has had a massive influence on his family. Yeah, definitely. The, da- the absent father, is just an example, I was just thinking about my own life and times, but is having a, uh, has an influence. So even in your absence, you're influencing. Even in your death, people are influencing. So then how, man, I don't even know with this, like, then, then below it, 30. <laughs> what's it look like to, uh, so then even like talk about influence within like your professional practice and your studio practice, like how does that even factor yeah. As a factor in, like, how do I responsibly, I mean, like I look back at my own life, I see the work that I, I, I make and I like, um, and I can see where aspects of that come from. Right. Well, how do you, this is, this is one of my anecdotes from food. How do you, <laughs> how do you look at a bucket full of milkshake and drink it? You still get a straw, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I mean, not me. I yeah, pour that bucket. I pour the bucket over my, my head. head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Generally speaking, though, you know, you, how do you take in a lot? Yeah, you you funnel it through some kind of constraints. Mm-hmm. So you have to um, figure out what are some of the natural constraints I already employ, mm-hmm. and get to know them better and understand if they're the best to deal with the way in which you're being influenced. Yeah, I think it also going... slows down the rate in which you consume, right? Because a straw can can speed up, but also slow down because it gives you a controlling mechanism that works with your frame. Because if you just pour something on yourself, it all hits you. Yeah. You know, this allows you to take in amounts. I mean, it's a silly example, but trying to think quickly in, in within our common experience to say, like, w- there's ways that we're funneling things. So that, that's where 
that's where, uh, you know, our, our phones are more like a straw. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause I was almost thinking, um, the fact that they're perpetual with us, mm-hmm. it, it made me feel the opposite. Almost like they were the bucket. Yeah. You know, because it's yeah. like at any moment I can pour that bucket on my head. That's right. And I can emerge a few days later in a stupor and just go, whoa, what, right. what happened? Did I right. actually get anything? Yeah. Or am I now just covered in milkshake? Yeah. 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 So I, I would say that that's true. I think that that's just, so just to have a fun debate about it is to say that I actually think that you can get drunk through a straw. Oh, yeah. So all yeah. I'm trying to say is what we feel like is us dumping ourselves is actually still constrained. Oh, okay. Which I see what you're say, saying in that which respect, is, yeah. Yeah, which is to say that there's that much more. That's what we're always failing to realize. Yeah, I was I was, I was, thinking more of the volume that's right. versus the like intensity. Yeah, or so. yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That, that, makes, that makes total sense. I, I understand where you're coming from there then. Um, yeah, it's, it's just tough because, uh, you know, coming out of this mindset, when I first heard this discussion about like, you know, influence being bogus, I was like, oh, that's a compelling point. The more I thought about it, I was like, but it actually doesn't jive with anything yeah. in my life. Which I, and I love it because it's like, hey, influence is bogus. Well, what are you trying to do right now by telling me that? <laughs> it's, yeah, you're telling, you're influencing me to agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> Hello, contradiction. That's right. So, so then by logic, uh, I have to disagree with you. Yeah, which yeah. is still an influenced response. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unavoidable. I mean, it. it I mean, you know, to kind of come to a, a nice little kind of bow on this or some something, uh, it, it almost seems like we are still hitting at some of the same points with a lot of these conversations that it really does turn into like how you interact. That the things themselves can be almost valueless until they are applied within situations. Well, okay, so oh gosh, for another conversation, maybe not valueless. That the, may yeah, yeah. valueless. That may have been a yeah, well, word. No, no, no. I think that's good. I like it because value can be predicated on what I see is important to me. I can talk about something as valuable or valueless, which doesn't deal with whether it has it's it has effects or not. Yeah. So it can be effective, and I don't value it, which means the effect is still occurring on me. I just don't care. Well, then the more proper thing is we can view them as vectorless. Let me put it yes. that way, as stationary. Stationary. You know. So yeah. th- that that would probably be so. Yes. Because yeah. as soon as I said that, I saw your face. I was like, yeah, <laughs> no, and imprecise words. No. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, there's, we think that there's a lot of things that, oh, it, this has this uh, vector or value. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's like, well, yeah, once it's applied, you right. know, like with anything else, laws yeah. of thermodynamics, yeah. yes, once you've applied the force, then it will go in a direction. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that works with, with influence, right? Where we yeah. can, we can misuse influence. Uh, we can lie about influence. We mm-hmm. can uh, be distrustful of it or whatever it may be, but we can also be responsible with it. Totally. We can uh, think about it and preconceive and understand its power and effect yep. on things. So, um, yeah. Influence. Did we do it? Are we close? Uh, yeah, we're real close. Okay. So I think we did. So any last any last uh, things on influence? As I a hope, very small topic. I hope if you're listening to us that we're having a positive influence. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the hope, right? <laughs> This is not a vectorless conversation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And thank you if you've stuck this far with us as we talked about, you know, vectors and, and Plato's Republic and teleological things. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much. Um, And as always, you know, uh, keep listening. We're glad to have you. Bye. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia, We can be found online at ShacoArtSpace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom.